Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. I'm excited today to be joined by a guest host, someone who you probably will recognize as she's been a guest on the show before. But Beth Errett, welcome to the show. Hey, Alex. Thanks. It's great to be here again. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you back, even though, you know, we talk constantly, it seems, (laughs) in our (laughs) day-to-day lives. Um, But today we're going to have a great conversation around um, integrating your community with your marketing automation and your database, specifically IMS, because when I think about people who are experts in this type of thing, you are like the number one person who comes to mind. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Can you give our listeners a little bit of background on your experience? Just let's start with like your general association marketing experience. I know you have a ton. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing, I've worked in kind of all industries, um, a lot of different for-profit, non-profit, but the majority of it, um, my career has been spent in associations. So um, I have a lot of experience doing association marketing uh, and working with different databases and email uh, platforms and things like that. But the last seven years or so, almost seven years, um, I was at AAAE, the American Association of Airport Executives, um, where I headed up all the marketing, uh, ran, um, brought in the database um, implement, ran the implementation for the database. There we go. And um, just basically set up a lot of infrastructure that included community, MA, IMS. Yeah, I think it's really cool because I know you were not only like the strategic genius behind how all of these pieces were going to work together, but also hands on doing a lot of the work. So no one knows it better than you. Um, but during your time at AAAE, that's when you really got familiar with these three different types of tools, right? Um, How did that impact your day-to-day job? Setting up the infrastructure was fun um, and exciting and a challenge. But once it was set up, I mean, the things that we could do with it, uh, the fact that we had integration and everybody was going, everything, all the records were going back and forth um, between um, first IMIS and um, Informs, and then we also added community. And the way that all three of them talked to each other, um, I joke, I jokingly call it the power of three, but it's true. Um, we were able to do so many different um, lead nurturing campaigns and um, campaigns that would really bring the member along the journey or the path that they needed to take to help them advance just through automation and bringing in the information we had about them from um, IMIS and what they'd done in the community and what their interests were. And then we even were able to turn that back and start displaying content on the website based on their interests and based in part on what they did in the community and in forums. Um, I, I like to say that without informs in particular, um, but that combination, I really would have had to hire one or two more people. I joke about it being one and a half because it really is between one and two people that I would have had to hire just to cover um, all of the marketing we were able to do by that automation. And I'm still not sure it would have been as effective because we have um, 
the ability to hit people right when they're looking at something, right when they're interested in it, which is invaluable. Who wouldn't want an extra one and a half people (laughs) on their teams? I think everyone could use that or more. Um, So I know I first met you through some of the work that you were doing within forums years ago, but do you want to maybe paint the picture for our listeners about um, maybe the order that you brought these three in and then also how you used each one, you know, from the start and maybe compounded bringing them together? Sure. Um, so we started out with um, actually with Informs because when we decided to go with IMIS, um, we switched to Informs from um, Constant Contact. And so we we're using Informs just by itself while we built and implemented IMIS. Um, so that was January 2015. Uh, we implemented IMIS in September and um, had everything between those two integrated by um, sometime in November, I think it was, and started really going back and forth. Um, And then um, I started building some campaigns and we started using the automation um, and uh, got the web tracking set up, obviously, and then started using the automation with the web tracking. And I think um, our first campaign was probably um, for annual conference. uh, And it was one that just basically, like so many campaigns that I talk about, the beauty of it is it supported the things that we we were doing. Um, so it was um, supporting the reasons why people went to the annual conference. And um, we still did the regular emails about who the speakers were, what the education was, things like that. But we were able to run this one that just supported all of the reasons, all of the, all of the warm and fuzzy, um, just based on what our um, past attendees had said about what they liked about the conference, the networking, the evening events. Um, and we did cover like the exhibit hall and education, but we just linked out to that information. Um, and just being able to support those efforts when people showed interest to follow up with it um, was just invaluable. Before we go on a little bit more, can web tracking is one of like the coolest things I think about really marketing is. automation and probably one of the biggest areas that's underutilized. Yes, I And agree. when I first started using marketing automation and discovered how cool web tracking really was, I, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is going to help us do so many things. We can trigger things off of, you know, people being on certain pages, send them certain information. Can you talk a little bit more just about web tracking, like what that is, because I think that is something that so many people could benefit from using. You know me, I can talk for hours about anything. (laughs) You might be sorry you asked. Um, (laughs) How long is this podcast? Um, (laughs) Most people are familiar from from Google Analytics about what web tracking is and how it works on a basic level. But when you get web tracking like we have in Informs and like is in Real Magnet, um, it has the ability to actually track your specific users, um, any of your known users. And that known user is anyone who has clicked on a link in Informs. So that becomes a known user and then Informs is able to track them. And you're able to see, okay, this person opened an email. Great. That's fantastic. You already know that. Everybody knows they can look at their clicks. Um, But this person then goes and looks at 
like four different things on the website. So now you not only know that they were interested in what they specifically clicked on, but you know that they're interested in four other things, or they're so interested that they went to that page and then they looked at like five other pages. So now you've got all this data um, and you can look at it and search it and that's great. And it can help um, sales teams for like exhibiting sponsorship or for training, on-site training. Um create call lists, but then you can take it a step further and you can create target groups based on who visited those pages. Once you've done that, you can use that in individual emails. Um, Say they clicked on a link for annual conference. Great. So you're going to now use it in individual emails. But when they um, go into those target groups, if you want to take it a step further, you can actually set up an automated campaign. So anybody who clicks on those links and goes and looks pages on the website, um, it's tracking them as they go across those pages. And if they come back three or four days later, if they come back a a week later, um, a month later, uh, as long as that tracking information is still there, it's still tracking them. So you know if they come back three other times. So you could say, okay, this person's visited our biggest certification three times. It's time to uh, put them into a campaign. So whatever their web activity, you can choose campaigns based on that, even if it has no relation to what they originally clicked on in an email. Um, the only reason they have to click on an email is that's the only way that um, Informs can tie their computer and their ID to information. So once you've got that information, I mean, there's so many things you can do with it. Um, and it's just, it's it's an invaluable tool. I mean, I have had tons of success with it in terms of driving registrations, in terms of um, membership. There's a membership uh, lead nurturing campaign that's been running at AAAE since 2017. And the last time I checked about a month ago, the conversion rate on that membership campaign that's been running, I can't do math. What is that? Three and a half years? Um, Yeah, it's been been running that long and the conversion rate just keeps going up right now. It's just... Web tracking is just another like tool in the toolbox to give you that information on like what people are interested in. You know, it doesn't have to be this like creepy thing where you're watching people. It's, hey, this is just knowledge that, you know, XYZ member or group of members is interested in this topic. So let's do some content on it. Let's invite them to come to this event on this topic, something like that. Um, Right. I think some people need to get, some people have that idea of, okay, this is creepy. I don't want to do that to people, but you're not doing it. You're not trying to be creepy or invasive. I mean, particularly in associations, um, the whole idea with associations is that we should know our members. We should know them better than Amazon knows its customers because you're just one of a bazillion customers to Amazon. Um, And you're using like one algorithm. Um, But at associations, we should know our members. And this is a way of, um, of providing a member service, in my view. You're saying, okay, I'm going to make sure that you see the stuff you're interested in. And I'm also not going to take up your time by necessarily forcing you to um, come and tell me everything you're interested in. I've never heard anyone say it like that. This is a member service. That's a great way to put it because members expect you to, to know them, you know, to right. understand them. And this is just another way to do that. Yeah, Exactly. So started with Informs, brought in IMIS, started yes. integrating some things. When did community come into the picture? Um, we uh, launched the community in 2018 um, as a member benefit. Um, and it 
it it was really the perfect completion to the other two. Um, it was like the third corner that made a triangle, a nice little triangle. Um, it helped our members communicate with each other. It gave us place to put information and um, resources um, for members that really increased the value of their membership. <clears throat> it really increased the value of their membership and helped them um, connect with other airports, with companies that had um, solutions, helped them have a place to go, a safe place to go, hidden be- hidden behind a firewall, so to speak, um, where they knew that the people who were going to be answering were um, dedicated members of their industry. And they could ask questions about, say, you know, a security thing that had come up or um, – you know, we're looking for this employee. Do you have any suggestions and all kinds of things like that? And know that they would get good, solid answers from people who cared as much about the industry as they did. So I know that we're going to get into a couple of different specific use cases about how folks can use the three of these tools together. But before we get too deep into it, I know there's some upcoming changes to the integration and improvements that the team has been working on that you've definitely been helpful in sharing some of your hands-on, you know, personal experience there with. Can you talk a little bit about what's coming down the pike? Um, yeah, there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming on the pike. Um in particular, this integration, I, you know, we're all aware, I'm as users talk to each other, we're all aware there was some challenges um, integrating with the cloud at first. Um, but um, a lot of this has been worked out and we are now partnering with ATS on a bridge. And um, I think that that's been a huge help. Um, and there are a lot of really cool things that are going to come with this new bridge uh, right out of the box. Um, in addition to um, the features that we all love using, the um, uh, profile management and um, the ability to do the web tracking and all of those things, um, there are going to be some new um, dashboard iParts and widgets that will go into the system automatically and you can just um, update the IQAs to turn them on. So there's a lot of really exciting things uh, that are going to come with this bridge uh, in particular. So looking forward to getting that finished and launched. We've done been a huge amount of work going on over here on that. And um, it's been a great team effort and it's been a lot of fun to be involved in. So I can't wait to see everybody getting to use it. Cool. I know it's, that's always one of the, the fun parts of rolling these things out is getting the feedback and, and sharing it with the world. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about this is a member engagement podcast after all. <laughs> How can people use these um, three tools in conjunction to drive engagement at their organizations? Um, so, oh my gosh, there's so much. You, like, where to start? I know. I'm like, <laughs> there's so much you can do. Where do I start? Um, and I, I talked about it being almost like a triangle, but, you know, it's a complete. Uh, circular triangle. That's not even a word. You just keep going around <laughs> the triangle and over and over and again um, and connecting the dots. And um, I got lost in my analogies there somewhere. Um, so I personally, I, I, I think I've joked to you before that I literally have a soapbox saying email is engagement. Um, not a, Email is not a bullhorn. Um, 
email is absolutely engagement. It is not just speaking out to people. It is a two-way communication. Um, if your email doesn't get read, that's a communication. Um, that's like the equivalent of talk to the hand. If um, yep. Wow, I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> if the... Um, because no response is a response. Exactly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you get a huge response, then not only do you know that people read it, but if you've put your links in and, and labeled them and everything, you can like, immediately see what resonated. What If you get a huge amount of clicks, you can see why. Um, and that is data that you can use. It's actionable data that you can use to go back and um, sort of alter your communication strategy in a lot of ways. Um engagement in the community obviously um that's without a doubt that is mm -hmm. engagement don't think anybody's going to argue that um it's something you need to foster you can't just it's not a if you build it they will come um you actually have to put in the work just like you do with you know creating crafting good emails and um sending them out at the right times and then analyzing the responses and coming back and doing it better every time. Um, you have to put in the work in terms of engaging people, figure out what works, figure out what helps your members. Because uh, as associations, it's all about helping your members. And that includes putting in all this work in marketing uh, and working closely with membership and working closely with the events team to just make sure that everything that you're putting out and everything that you're giving them is engaging. Um, mm -hmm. And then you get all of the information that flows back to these people's records in IMAS. And that's where you can put in that member service that I was talking about earlier. You can um, use that to uh, figure out what they see when they log into the website. Um, you can use the website to drive them back to the community to com have conversations. Um, one of the most underutilized features in community, I think, is the RSS feed. Um, it's so underutilized that I didn't even know until I came to work here that it existed. That's how underutilized <laughs> it is. So um, I immediately took it and went back to my friends at, at AAAE and said, hey, you should be using this and um, help them figure out how to use it. And we now, I say we, I, I'll get out of that habit eventually. Um, <laughs> uh, they now have it running um, when they when you go to their app. Um, the first thing that you see when you go to their member app is um, the feed, the RSS feed from the community. So when you oh, open the app, awesome. it's driving you back to the community. Um, their newsletter, their daily newsletter that they do five days a week, uh, has a section that is um, the latest conversations going on in the community. And it's powered by the RSS feed. The person who does it just brings it in, cleans it up a little bit, and that goes out. And then um, on their news page, underneath the news feed is the um, community feed. So all of the things are providing constant new content and um, ways for them to develop content. And it's from something they already had. And it's bringing in real conversations that their peers are having right now their members and their peers mm -hmm. are having right now and driving people back to the community to add to the conversation. Yeah. It doesn't really get more timely and relevant yeah. than that. It, does it? <laughs> it's the community version of web tracking. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the community equivalent of web tracking. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Now, what about with um, sales and marketing? I know that was another big use case for you at AAAE. Yeah. Um, so there are, 
yeah, for everything I said for engagement, there's multiply that by 10 as to how many options there are to start talking about this. Um, <laughs> everything from, I mean, we all know, obviously you send out emails. Yay. Um, every time somebody's like, oh, you're in marketing. So you email me a lot. No, <laughs> that is not what I do. <laughs> but thank you for, you know, yeah. thanks for that. Um, yeah. So kind of like telling Platon, oh, so you take pictures. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so beyond just the email, the email is the start. Once somebody mm-hmm. clicks on an email, that's where the fun start really starts. That's where you get a known user. That's where you, you get somebody um, who's interested. And from that point on, you have so much that you can do to provide them with value. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously you want to sell them things. You want to you know, get money, um, for the triple E using triple E as an example. Um, not membership was obviously just the first thing that we quote unquote sold. Um, then it got into like, you know, uh, events. Um, most of triple E's revenue that supported all of the things they did for a member actually came from things outside of revenue of dues. It was mostly non dues revenue. So sales and marketing, worked very closely together because sales was hugely important um, between the on-site training uh, and then, um, you know, exhibits and events, exhibit sponsorships and events. Those -hmm. were the big things. So one of the ways that we just sort of use web tracking in a different way was I'd create a report giving away all the secrets here. (laughs) Not that (laughs) corporates are going to be listening to this, right? Um, So um, we would, do it. We had a report that they could go search and see who was visiting um, sites with specific keywords. And mm-hmm. then that would basically drive their call list for the week. It could drive their Ooh. call list. They could be like, oh, okay, these are the people who I know are interested right now. It is the um, equivalent of a web tracking campaign, only it's a call. And I actually got to the point where um, for some of the ones that they were working on, I actually created an automated campaign. And all that automated campaign did was every time somebody visited um, a web page with a specific keyword that they would have normally searched for, that automated campaign sent that information to the sales team. Said, hey, this person just visited these pages that you had tagged. Um, And then they knew to call them. So it was the web tracking campaign, but um, cold call style. (laughs) So many applications. Yeah. And then I know that you're a bit of a like analytics wizard. Nice way of saying data nerd. You love it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about the analytics that you watched that were important to you when it came to these three systems together. All of them. (laughs) Um, If anything, sometimes I would actually get get so deep into the data that I didn't always catch exactly what was the most important right at first. Um, And I would need to sort of... It can be overwhelming. Yeah. I needed to step back a little bit and and take a look at... um, Analytics should always... What you look at first should always be tied to your goals. And you should never Mm -hmm. go into something without a goal because Mm -hmm. you don't know if it worked. Um, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My old boss at AAA right now is going to be listening to this going, oh, my God, you really did learn that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks, Jackie. So we... You, you have to have a goal because that drives what you're going to do. And that also then drives the analytics and which ones you look at, because otherwise you will get lost in them. Um, 
early on in particular, I got really lost in them because there were just so much that there was so much that we had the chance to look at that just trying to decide what to look at um, and what was important was the first step. And then once we did that, we were able to sort of step back and figure out, okay, which things are actual goals. So in addition to um, the usual like opens and clicks and um, registrations and revenue that was tied to emails, a lot of the things I like to look at were just what those people did in the week or two after. Hmm. Um, it's fun sometimes to take an email that you feel like should be effective that you do on a regular basis, like a newsletter. A newsletter is a great one to do this with. Um, take a newsletter and just follow the journey of the people who clicked on the links in it. Um, hmm. Just say, you know, if you had one that was particularly effective or even wasn't, follow the journey of those people, figure out what they did for the next month mm-hmm. and or take all of the people who opened your e- newsletter and clicked through in a week and just follow their journey for the next month. See if it had an impact. See if they got into communications because you have so many, if you've got these three tools in particular, you have so many different ways that you can see what they did. You can see what discussions they had on uh, the community. You can see what other web pages they went to on your site. Um, you can engage them in other ways just to see if they respond. Um, sometimes that, I mean, you can get lost just following that path. Um, it's kind of like being lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so interesting that, that that whole idea, because I feel like it really goes along with the concept of just nurturing yeah. your members, right? Because it, not every single thing that you send is going to be, you know, an ask to buy something or to register for something. Um, but it's, you know, priming them for when the time is right. Yeah. So um, that's, that's really a good point. One of the, th- one of the things that we're doing with ASI, um, as we ramp up to this, um, new, uh, bridge is we're doing a series of webinars and I think it's the second one that's, um, about automating the member journey. And it's from something that I did when I was at AAAE. I basically just took, uh, the example I give is not a specific, specific person. It's, it's a fictional person, but it is almost exactly the real journey that one particular person did take, one particular company took. And um, it just follows them from the time they saw an ad um, all the way through an entire year of engagement with us and all of the things they did and the purchasing they did um, and the value that they added to the members in the association because it was a corporate, as well as the value that, you know, they got back. And I did a second one that was an individual airport person that followed them basically from being an intern at AAAE all the way up to being an airport director. And that was also based on a specific person. And it just, it's so fascinating to see um, what a member's journey looks like and how you can then use automation to help move that along. But also um, that two-way value is just, it's, it's amazing um, because you tend to think of it in the moment as I have to sell this, I have to make this money um, or I have to provide you know this value because these members want it depending on what your job is. And to step back and look at it, at the impact that you've had with them and that they've had with you and your organization is just, 
it, it gives me chills. It's kind of cool. It is really cool. And speaking of just the automation in general mm-hmm. is huge with the three of these things, yes. um, with your community, with forms, with IMIS. And it's not even, you know, all the things, it's so much more than the things that we talked about in terms of creating that better member experience because you're providing them the right stuff that they need um, based on how they're interacting or behaving um, in your emails or on your website or in the community. But the impact that it has like on your team too, because there's so many cool things that you can do that you just wouldn't have been able to do. Oh, absolutely. Manually. Absolutely. Um, When I came to AAAE, um, they were sending, they would basically download a list um, of all of the people who had attended the meetings in the last three years and anybody who had ever marked that as an interest in the last 15 years. And they'd pull that list six months before a meeting, an event, and they would put it into constant contact and that's who they would send their emails to. And um, nothing against AAA or nothing against the people who were working there. They just, those were the tools they had. That was it. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. were the tools they had. I mean, and they did, you know, they, they were very careful about it. They, that they made sure to pull the people who had attended and the people who had marked the interests. I mean, that's what yep. you're supposed to do. And they use constant contact. So that's what they sent it to. And I mean, they didn't have the resources to download the list every time and then re-upload it to constant contact. It just didn't right. exist. Um, and having these tools, um, the, the mission didn't change. The, um, the desire to help the members and to make sure that they knew about these events that could, you know, really why these events were helpful didn't change. That was all there. What changed was the capabilities mm-hmm. and it did. It had a huge impact. Um, a, it freed you up to do other things because so much of this was just, okay, you filled out the email. Okay. Now you've got your list. It's going to be exactly right. You can set it up three days in advance. You know, it's going to be the most recent list. Um, yep. The automation, freed you up to spend more time thinking about content and thinking about other things that you could do to promote that same event or to promote something else to provide another member benefit. So, I mean, it takes a huge weight off of a team's shoulders and lets them, is it going to sound corny if I'm saying lets them really fly? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but it does. It no, it's you, true. It and you, and yeah. in some cases, like, just take a breath. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, you know, these 10 different hats that I'm wearing. Yeah. I can, I mean, you know, put a different one on for today. Yeah. And you're sitting there like you're constantly like holding down this, this weight is holding you down. And that's all you can do. That's all you have time and strength for is to hold this weight up and figure mm-hmm. out how am I going to keep doing this? Your brain is occupied with that too. Um, once that's gone, yeah, you can breathe then you can mm-hmm. actually think yeah, <laughs> and you can do other stuff. You can move around because you're not stuck under that weight anymore. Right. No, definitely an inspirational note there. <laughs> um, so if somebody has all three of these things or is thinking about getting all three of these things, I know we've got a lot of resources out there. Um, some that, you know, you've used as a user of these products and that you're involved in now. Um, where can people find out more information? Um, so the best place to go is hug. Um, Hug is the Higher Logic Users Group community. Um, I mean, it's, I love Hug. I was pretty heavily involved in Hug before I came over to work here um, because it's just, it's so much fun. Um, You have peers that you can talk with. um, And the cool thing about it, I I used to go to, I mean, 
done collaborated ASAE as well, which is a great community. Um, mm-hmm. But what I loved about Hug as a user was that um, not only was I talking to people who had the same problems as me and were going through the same things as me, they also had the same tools to solve them. Yeah. And that's huge um, because now you're not saying, oh, you know, I'm trying to engage my members. What should I do? And you get uh, three people who have a completely different solution. So you can't actually do what they're doing. And then five salespeople who want want you to buy their solution. And <laughs> um, those things can be great and they can lead to you actually getting new systems if you don't have the right thing in place. But here, you know, everybody's using the same tools pretty much. And um, on top of that, you know, the advisors and the strategic people from Higher Logic are on there. And so they'll answer questions. Um, and then there's a whole wealth of learning on there. There are pathways um, that will take you through everything you need to know on an on-demand way for um, the product and how everything works. Um, there's also live trainings. Lisa and Lila are amazing. Um, and do a wonderful job uh, with the trainings. And um, Lisa in particular is the whole reason that I actually know how Real Magnet works. So (laughs) she's great. Um, But they both are. And they're so, the trainings are just so helpful and um, so amazing. Uh, One of my favorite stories uh, from this year is we had um, uh, a customer who I was talking to them on March 31st. And um, they didn't realize they had um, marketing automation. They didn't, they had it for us. They didn't know they had marketing, the automation. Oh, wow. So I showed it to them that day on March 31st. And um, the person there took uh, the marketing automation training that was coming up. She, she's, you know, she went through the day long training and then she set up one. I, I talked to her like one more time just to look through the stuff. She had the IMS uh, informs integration and on March, on April 19th, she launched a seven email month long campaign to register for, for registration from open registration to the last chance day before the conference conference for their conference. Wow. And in just a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she was so excited because she's like, you know, usually I'm having to write these one one offs each time I write it, I have to get it approved. I have to put the list in and she's like, I have to, you know. It's done a month before yep. the conference. I can focus on other things now. Um, that is my favorite example, though, because like what, 19, 20 days, yeah, 19 days from yeah. learning from learning they had automation to launching a seven email month long complex campaign. She used the advanced starter kits for it, too. So she just she really took advantage of all the tools once she saw she had them. It was just amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so there's also um, the NIAD group. Um, that's the IMS user group. Um, it's a company member or uh, company wide or association wide membership. So um, if you're an IMS user and you're not a member of NIAD, I highly recommend joining. Um, I you know was pretty active. Um, they have some great conferences. Uh, there's also an amazing community there with peers to talk to about IMS and ask questions of. Um, and they really do put on some first-rate education about IMS and using the product. So um, NIOG is a great resource if you're an IMS user. Highly recommend going, joining, participating in the listserv, seeing what they've got to offer in terms of education. Cool. 
And then I'm just going to do a quick plug for some webinars Beth has that she that are coming up. I know you mentioned them briefly earlier, but we have a three-part webinar series that we're working on with ASI that launches at the end of this month, May 25th. We've got topics on non-dues revenue, um, automating the member journey, and then also just the power of these three tools. Um, so definitely check those out on ASI's website and on our website as well. Um, but last question, because I have to ask all of our guests this. I may have asked you this before, but maybe you have another one that you can share. <laughs> what is your number one engagement tip? I'm going to cheat. <laughs> um, and I'm going to use something that I said earlier, because my biggest engagement tip is that email is not a bullhorn. It is a two-way conversation. Yeah, It is so important to understand that because that is the beginning of understanding the power of all the integrations and the information you actually have at your fingertips. Yeah, I love it. No, it's totally true. And I say it on every episode, it seems like, but there, you know, there's somebody on the receiving end after you hit send yep. that uh, is going to give you a response, whether you like it or not. But, um, you know, what you do next after is what really matters. Yeah, that's where that it response. goes from being an email to engagement. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Beth. This has been awesome. As always, I am amazed by the level of knowledge that you have when it comes to these three. So I hope our listeners were able to pick up a tip or two or three. I'm sure that there's, you know, something that you can do today if you've got combinations of these tools that uh, can make an impact at your organization. And I will say if you didn't pick up anything, or even if you did and you want to expand it, I didn't mention when I was talking about Hug. Um, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, um, we do the Hug Connect and Marketing office hours, and it's always around a, a topic. Um, and it's like a little mini um, conference session once a week where you don't have to leave your desk. Yeah. So Higher Logic customers, if you want to get in connection with Beth, go join her on Hug. She's there. She's active. I'm there all the time. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Member Engagement Show. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you on the next episode. 